Listen to me. I'ma tell you some. Look at me. We gonna get it done. Run faster. Might as well stop at one. R&B podcast. We think this stuff is fun. R&B pod. Preston Blake with you. Welcome back. Another episode. Another one. 26, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, sir. R&B podcast with Russ, with Blake. Thank God for an opportunity to be here. New setting, as you see. Yeah. And thank you for joining us again uh, for number 26, episode 26, season two. Season two we're on. And um, there's been a lot of change. The weather's changed. It is super hot <laughs> here in Phoenix. Um, the podcast is changing. And our locations are changing. We're becoming comfortable with change. Change is good. Change is how you grow. If you don't change, you stay the same. Mm. And we have a vision for where we want to be. So I have been very appreciative of the change that we've been seeing <laughs> because it's like all the right changes are being made. And, um, you know, to foster the change that you want to see, most people need um, a definitive motivation. So today we're going to discuss motivation a bit just yeah. because I've been hearing a lot of people recently feeling unmotivated towards their goals and um, unmotivated to continue towards projects that they had discussed. And I think that that's probably common halfway through the year. That's why I'm not a fan of uh, New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Because something about that mentally, it's hard to continue for the 12 months. And then you end up starting the same thing over again, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, in July, my birthday coming up, I feel a lot of energy and I feel extra motivated this time of the year, even though I may feel depleted physically because of the heat. Yeah. So um, is that something that you've experienced being less motivated in the summertime? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you are working every day and you have multiple things you might have to juggle. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in school going to class. And then also going to basketball practice, like the walks in between during yeah. 115 degree summers here right, in Phoenix. Right. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, man, it's hard. It's hard to stay up. It can deplete your energy. But mm -hmm. um, that's where you dig into your mental and become more strong. And that's one reason I've always loved the Phoenix heat is because it's yeah. like an added variable of adversity yeah. that I get to overcome. And I feel proud about it. Mm -hmm. Well, you've, you've felt both extremes. You've yeah. been the student athlete in the heat and you've been the student athlete in the cold of North Dakota. Very true. And I was actually thinking earlier today, like, damn, how did I play football in this heat? Cause mm -hmm. 27 year old Blake, that doesn't even sound like it would be an option. So kind of crazy what we put ourselves through and then we forget that we overcame that adversity and it's like we we complain and think stuff's difficult but here i am just living life working around the heat <laughs> and yeah. then but for so many years i was working in the heat as a football player for sure and um yeah just don't forget those roots folks and i remember thinking you know at 19 years old 20 years old man, I could just go home. Like, I don't need to do this. I could just pack everything up, go yeah. home, figure out something else that doesn't stress me out like this does. And I'm always just so thankful that I didn't because now those memories are a source of renewing energy for me whenever I feel, you know, like I'm tapering off now. What, what was going on in those times when you felt like you might want to just stop? It was, honestly, it was the, 
the longevity of my goal, the fact that I didn't really know how long or where I was going, right? Starting playing basketball in community college, your first year of eligibility, you have four years. Mm -hmm. So your first year, if you're unsure about who's going to offer you a scholarship, and then you add that with some exhausting days of working hard on your schoolwork and your athletics, Mm -hmm. it can eventually feel like a lot. And a lot of people stop. A lot of people stop. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm just grateful that I never actually quit and that I kept going because it was very a very good reward for me once I finished my bachelor's degree, not having any mm. student loan debt and all these other things. But yeah, that's what it would make me want to stop. I think it's because I had a goal and that goal was not did not have a defined end. Mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest mental stress on me is that I didn't really know how long it would take and I didn't know where it would take me. What was the goal? For me at the time? Yeah get the best scholarship opportunity that I could and mm-hmm. and go play in a program that in a place that I wanted to. That was my mm-hmm. goal as a freshman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It feels that way, but at the same time, you knew the goal was going to be within a two-year span at most, right? And that's where I think that heat comes into play, bro, because it was <laughs> like I wasn't thinking that rational of hey i only have another year of this mm-hmm. it's like man it's 115 mm-hmm. i got it on my car i'm already sweating and i have to walk to a hard workout yeah, like, like it's just this. like man i don't even want to do it i go yeah. home and do something way less stressful yeah had you seen or have you been on a team before where people quit like within the first week or first month dude that and that might be what community college is you know you start off with a Mm -hmm. huge band and it dwindles dwindles down before school even starts you know that first summer of workouts we had so many dudes that i never saw again so for sure i saw a lot of people quit Mm -hmm. um at at every level i've seen people quit Mm mid-practice mid-workout i've seen it before yeah it's interesting how um you know the people that stick around and actually make it through nobody regrets that they finished the season right Mm. But I'm sure so many of those people regretted that they quit and didn't try or or they started and didn't finish, you know, because then you wasted your time. But if you actually go through and put forth the effort and at least get to the finish line and see what the outcome may be, then you shouldn't be disappointed with yourself. It can't be a waste of time because something in that experience you should have learned from and you should have grown from that you can take and transfer into another situation. So mm-hmm. a lot of people in, you know, community college sports wanting that next scholarship and then sometimes aspiring to play professionally, right? Um, that can be a, a lot of uncertainty. I mean, it is a lot of uncertainty. And then the odds are against you in those cases. Mm. So if you quit, 100% chance of failure, right? 100. And then if you put forth effort, maybe 90% chance of failure. If you finish, that gets cut at least in half because so many people start but don't finish. Mm -hmm. And then continuing when you think you're at the finish line, because we talked before, the job's never done, right? Right. You can get that scholarship offer. You still have to fight for that starting spot. Sure. You can get an offer to go trial for a professional team. You have to maintain that level of performance or else you can easily get booted out of the league, right? Mm -hmm. That happens so many times. We know people that made it there, but then they couldn't perform or uh, maybe had an injury and were never able to get back to that level of performance. So um, being aware of your current situation and being aware of where you are in relation to getting to that next step, I think is very important. Um, 
not only so you realize that, yeah, it may be far away, but I still have time to perfect this level, right? Yeah. And so many people want to go to the next level before they even succeed at the level that they're at. And that's huge. Yeah. That, that's huge to point out because mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest mental stressors is mm-hmm. when you're trying to go way too fast when you haven't mastered that first level. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember coming into junior college and I was pretty good at talking on defense because my high school team had structure, but more explosive moves to the basket is something that I lacked because I came from a position where I would just shoot three-pointers and play defense. That was kind of my defined role. Mm -hmm. When I got into junior college, you know, they're talking to me about sweeping through and making hard jab steps to make a direct drive to the rim. Mm -hmm. And now I'm practicing that 30 minutes a day before we get into harder workouts. And I'm sitting there like, this is super hard because my body's not used to doing it. Mm -hmm. But then eventually it was second nature as I got to the next level and next level. And I found myself elevating my game to places i didn't think it would ever take Mm -hmm. some of my highlights of me driving past people spinning to a left hand layup i'm like when i was 18 that was nothing i was doing like it expanded my entire package by allowing myself to keep going into those uncomfortable moments of Mm -hmm. those preseason workouts yeah you get humbled for a little bit oh my gosh because i remember dude i remember and some of the dudes that remember this or watch this because they tell me that they listen to us. But I remember when I first got to my first college practice and we were doing one-on-one drills, dudes were cooking me. Like, I've never been cooked. Like, I'm thinking <laughs> I got the straps on defense and they hit me with, huh, like, one yeah. step back and I'm not even there anymore. And they just cash a three. And I'm like, dude, I can't. I, I have to learn how to guard these guys. They're mm-hmm. all scores. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that yeah. was a huge difference. Interesting. Yeah. And it, um. That's why I'm always interested. Um, we make big hype around college players sometime going to the next level. And then we all have our speculations like, oh, he doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have this, right? Mm-hmm. But you never know how somebody's going to perform at that next level until they're in it, yeah. right? We, we can guess as much as we want. But some people really rise to the occasion and some people will crumble under the pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone learns at different paces. So some of those people that have high expectations at first and don't, necessarily perform uh oftentimes it just takes them another year or two to really get to where they need to be to perform at that level right for sure because there does need to be some development at that next level um anytime you make an advancement whether it's professionally or even personally and whatever it may be getting to that next level you should not expect to be proficient anytime you do something for the first time you should not expect to be proficient Mm -hmm. and i see people get so frustrated when they're trying something for the first time and i try to explain to them like it's a good thing you're making mistakes that's how you learn and that's how you get better like if you did this the first time and we're all of a sudden a professional then everyone else that's trying to show you what to do needs to back off and let you (laughs) show them how to do it and that's not realistic that's not how it works so having an open mind being coachable and being willing to learn and understanding that you're going to make mistakes understanding that you're not going to be a pro first day even if you are becoming a professional Mm -hmm. right there's a rookie status for a reason. Yeah, and what do you tell people if they hit you up and say that this they're putting in the hard work, but the results seem so far away and they don't know how much longer they can stay on track with this? I ask them what's their motivation. Mm. Okay? That's what we're talking about today, right? A lot of people um, have something in their head that push them to want to make a change, right? So I've, I've worked with several women that, Wedding's coming up. I want to get in better shape for my wedding. That's mm-hmm. a very common reason to get in the gym. Some people, I had a baby. I want to bounce back, right? Men, I 
got this job four years ago, great job, but ruined my body. I've been sitting at a desk. So now I have money, but I have an awful body and I feel awful, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Very common. That's real. Um, so if your motivation is that concrete, you have to tell yourself or ask yourself, how important is it really for you to make the change in regards to what it was that promoted this effort, mm-hmm. right? So ask yourself, do you really care what you look like at your wedding? Well, yeah, we're going to have pictures and everybody's going to see them. Okay, well then don't forget about that. (laughs) The days that is hard, don't forget about that. You know the wedding date and you have all of the pieces of of the puzzle of how to get what you want. But people love to overlook certain pieces. They say, I did this. And then oftentimes if someone's dissatisfied, at least with my programs, I ask them, go down the list. Well, have you been drinking your water? You've been eating the meals that we talked about. You've been doing your workouts at home. Mm. You've been sleeping properly. Something out of that is out of whack when they're not getting the results that they want. And then it's like this light bulb pops on in their head. And then all of a sudden it goes into, well, but, and then the explanation comes in, mm. right? So people need to get used to explaining to themselves why they can't fall off of track and explain to yourself why again remind yourself why am i doing this why am i putting myself through something that's uncomfortable that's difficult but again that is an hour out of your day or maybe four hours out of your day if you're studying for something whatever it is you're working towards the amount of time that you're putting towards it it's finite you have to remember it is it is finite it will end eventually and you will get to your goal but if you keep complaining bouncing back and forth starting and stopping then you're running in circles for sure (laughs) And again, I mean, you see it happen in school, you see it happen in relationships, people break up, get back together, right? Mm -hmm. You're not even working on your relationship. You just cut it off when it gets hard and you start it up when you feel good about it. Yep. But the people that stick together and work things out and endure that difficulty and try to explore options and talk it out and understand why this problem is here and then determine, is it really worth fixing the problem and are we going to work together? and Work on it until it's fixed. Mm -hmm. Those are the things we need to be asking ourselves, whether it's between individuals to a group or you yourself. It's always the same process of maintaining the motivation because some people will say they lack motivation, but I tell them there was motivation at some point. So where did it go? And some people tell you, I lost my motivation. Well, where did it go? (laughs) You need to find it or find a new motivation. Sure. Or just stop what you're doing. If you're not motivated to do it, then it must not be that important to you, right? Mm -hmm. And you never go so far that you can't get back on track. That's just not a thing as long as you have a heartbeat. Right, right. And that's hard to accept, too, because it's it's easiest to relate this to fitness and and weight loss, because that's something that uh, probably 90% of America battles at some point in their life, right? Mm -hmm. And... When, when people look at pictures of themselves, everybody wants to look like they did when they're 18, <laughs> which is not realistic for the average person, especially if you're in your 40s now and just now trying to make these changes, right? Yeah. So maybe your motivation will come from having a more realistic expectation yeah. of yourself, right? Because if you're working towards something that is damn near unattainable, then yeah, you're going to be dissatisfied. And not to say you can't do it, but maybe put a goal in between right at the 50 yard line and so you can celebrate at least while you're on your way there 
or else you aren't going to be satisfied at all throughout that process. Yeah. But I tell people, you do have to fall in love with the journey, too. You do. Like, something about the work that you're putting in to get to your goal has to be fulfilling, or else, yeah, you're not going to want to continue to do it. Yeah. And that's what I have a mentor who pushes me super hard, probably more than any other coach or mentor has. And, you know, he had a conversation, a long conversation with me one time, and he was kind of like checking all the things that I know that I should know. And some mm-hmm. of them I was failing at the information because I hadn't really studied. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, Russ, don't go home and study. You got to go home and do some soul searching because do you really even want this? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'm sitting there. He's supposed to be the guy that's going to open up doors for me and that's going to help me elevate. But yeah. I'm sitting there looking at him like, dang, you telling me to go home and even ask myself, oh, I want this, bro. Of course I want it. But I wasn't able to answer some of his questions. So he's like, mm-hmm. how serious are you taking this? Are you wasting my time? And then like I went home and I'm like, soul searching was a good way to put that. Because I was like, what is it that I want? What is my real motivation here? Because for me, a lot of things that have been superficial in my motivation fall to the wasteland, Mm -hmm. whether that's relationships, endeavors, things that I'm only doing because of how I'm going to look or feel, or it's just something superficial. Mm -hmm. So when I'm thinking about what's motivating me, I have to get really deep into it. With mm. my workouts, it's not for how I look. It's for how I feel. Right. You know what I'm saying? With my studies, it's not for what I can say in a conversation, but it's more what my mind's saying to me as I'm chilling and resting. Like mm. It's all just for my own integration, right. and that's helped me become way more motivated and look back at those days when I was 19, walking in the heat mm-hmm. and being like, dang, that was just a precursor to me learning so much about myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, if you take on the internal, then the external is not as uh, daunting. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's hard to keep track of because there is so much of the external flying at you every day. Um, we get caught up in our jobs and you know, sometimes even interactions with our family may not be as positive and maybe clouding your your thoughts and your judgment throughout the day and you lose track of that awareness of your being mm. you know just like the simple things of your day the the calmness in the moment some people don't allow for a moment to be calm we talked about that last week you know and those calm moments where you have a little bit of quiet those are the best times to have some self-reflection and do that soul searching that you talked about and um i always feel motivated after I have those moments with myself. That's why I try to wake up early in the day to have some time with just me and feeling the presence that I have in this world. And, you know, it's funny I say that because this was the first morning in a while that I woke up late. Um, You know, my wife, I guess, tapped me on the shoulder and I guess I turned off my alarm. I don't even remember it. But then next thing I know, it's 20 minutes before I needed to be where I needed to be. So I just had to hop up and go. And so that was uh, very disruptive for me and how I start my day, especially like preparing to go out of town this week. Um, But I still had a process to follow. So I did what I needed to do away from home. But when I got back home, I basically started my day like I would any other day at 4 a.m. Right. But just had to get myself back on track and, um, you know, rekindle the motivation to gain control of my day because it's easy to feel like oh man this is 
this day's already off to a bad start. Like, oh, what an awful day, this and that. And I've heard people say before, like, 8 a.m., like, oh, this is just not my day. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. that sucks sorry <laughs> maybe the morning is rough but dang we got at least 10 hours left i think we could turn it around right but it's yeah. all perspective it's all perspective i've certainly had those times where it seems like i mean i broke my apple watch today that hurt my feelings but <laughs> in the grand scheme of things it's not that significant right mm -hmm. and yeah i don't want to pay the money but um you know i work a piece of my work motivation is to get money so i can replace my broken apple watch right yeah, and sometimes is. people say that money being the motivator is a bad thing but i don't really know how that can be justified when we have to have money yeah <laughs> it's not really optional for so sure some way you need to be motivated to get enough money to at least survive you know yeah and you know i believe that you can be fruitful gain these physical things but then also take your spirit serious. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of the ideas of more spiritual philosophies have to do with, you know, desire being the source of your suffering. Mm. But if your physical money resources is truly just a tool, but you're right. accepting your spirit and taking that side seriously, I think you can integrate them both and, mm -hmm. you know, be okay with it. Because I've seen people have a difficult time balancing that. Right. Oh, I, I need to just throw everything away to live with my spirit, or yeah. I need to gain everything to like myself. It's like the right. two extremes, One right? extreme or another, right. Exactly, right. and there's a balance. I'm glad that you brought up, though, that a little bit of time of sitting with yourself brought motivation to you. Mm -hmm. That's something that I talk to people about, that they don't necessarily even understand what I'm saying, mm -hmm. because we go we're addicted to our phones. We're addicted to taking our attention and putting it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. The idea of sitting with yourself for 20 minutes, 30 minutes and listening to whatever wants to conjure up. I think you can stumble upon some million dollar ideas, oh, some yeah. golden ideas. If you just let yourself not be distracted and start thinking, asking yourself a deep question, how can I be better? Mm -hmm. What can I do better? What do I need to go get to study or, or learn to make myself better? You'll get your answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I had somebody hit me up just a couple of days ago, somebody I care about a lot. So I was glad that I had this effect. But he said, uh, I saw your video on Instagram and it was just the motivation I needed. Like I had felt like in a little slump. And I told him, like, I'm glad that you got that out of the video. But next time, look in the mirror. Mm. There's your motivation right there. Yeah. Good looking dude running two successful businesses, living a healthy lifestyle has a very supportive family, has his little dogs that he loves, go down the list of blessings, and he's listening to it. You know who you are. I'm not going to say your name, but we just have to simplify what's going to satisfy us sometimes, yeah. right? And you don't become complacent because, yeah, we got another place that we want to get to, but this that we have right now is such a blessing. And again, you might not be able to do it again tomorrow. For we don't sure. have a guaranteed opportunity to change any of this mm -hmm. so how do you want to live your last days is what i want to ask you and it might sound morbid nah that's a real question that's a real question because mm -hmm. today could be your last day but god willing you have an opportunity tomorrow you just better be appreciative of it and make something of it uh, so many people that are dissatisfied are reliving this loop mm. you know and it's like, when are you going to make the change so that you can finally stop talking to yourself like this? Yeah. Because that self-talk is a, 
a direct uh, effect of what it is that you're actually doing. You sure. know, because, yeah, you're going to be disappointed if you sat on the couch all day and didn't accomplish any of the things you're supposed to do. But once you motivate yourself to just go accomplish those tasks, then you reflect and you feel good about what you did. Direct cause and effect. Mm -hmm. But but the, why is that hard? Right. Because. Of well, yeah, it's hard because it's easy to do nothing. Yeah. It's easy to take the easy way out. And it's hard to put forth effort. I have a client that told me a couple of days ago, I don't like physically exerting myself. I've never liked physically exerting myself. It feels awful to have my energy depleted after a workout. And I was like, okay, that's a hard, that's hard to break in somebody's head. Yeah. This is someone who used to be an athlete. And he said that he, even when he was an athlete, he felt that way, right? Sure. So now you're not an athlete. What is going to be your motivation to continue to do this and try to be healthy if mm -hmm. you really hate that so much? Yeah. Because how I look at it personally is I get through this one hour of me being so uncomfortable and breathing hard and sweating and being depleted, but then I replenish myself and I feel 10 times better later on in the day. And then the following days, if I was working out properly. But again, if you're ignoring any pieces of that puzzle and you're not doing your recovery and you're not getting your sleep in, you're not eating properly, then yeah, you putting in that work is going to feel awful because you don't have the building blocks that are necessary to build what you're trying to build. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up where this ex-athlete can feel like he hates being physically depleted and i've thought about this often because a lot of my athletic friends will talk about how from a young age those workouts were used to reprimand them mm. they were used as punishment mm -hmm. right if they didn't do something right then they had to go run and now they hate to run they had to do push-ups now they hate to do push-ups and sometimes people can even fall off because it's like you're being conditioned like a dog for so long and yeah. then when it's time for you to take control you're like nah bro like i'm not about to do those punishing acts anymore right, right right so sometimes we do have to retrain ourselves to remember mm -hmm. like hey there's no one making me do this anymore and it's for my benefit it's not right. for this team it's not for this coach but it's simply for me and my family mm -hmm. if i'm gonna go do this physical exertion mm -hmm. you know it was like you said your mentor told you like how bad do you want this like do you really want to be here mm -hmm. and people feel threatened when they get that question right but it's real it's like you don't yeah. have to do this yeah right? and a lot of people are yeah right so it can make you feel very small when you're when someone's approaching you with hey because back to that conversation i had with my mentor he was like you know who this person is and is in his contact list and i'm like of course i know who he is like he's amazing mm -hmm. and he's like he knows everything i just asked him Right. And I'm just sitting there just feeling more and more like I, I need to go home and do so much work. Right. But it's more I need to go home and ask myself, do I want to do this? Mm -hmm. Do I want to try? So you received that pretty well. I did. Yeah. And I was very thankful because a lot of times in my life, like we talked about with my brother on this podcast, it's been coaches, people mm -hmm. that have elevated me. So mm -hmm. I felt when I went home, it was another one of those moments where I'm like, wow, out here in this capitalistic market, I can go hard in this field but I got to take it serious because it's competitive. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. this whole thing is super competitive. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's good mentorship. That's good coaching. It's, it's tough love, right? I show people tough love, but I try to remind them all the control is in your hands. Mm. I can only do so much for you. I can only tell you to do so much. These are actions that you have to carry out. So 
let's stop acting like we're confused of why we are where we are, except that we are here mm-hmm. and start making the moves that we know are necessary to get out of this situation. Or just stop talking about it and go on with life and live with the consequences, right? But don't yeah. be in this limbo mm-hmm. for this extended period of time because, again, you're just wasting time and energy. Yeah. And that's, that, that's ego, right? I mean, that's our ego when we don't want to actually do the work, but we want to act like the people mm-hmm. who do reap the benefits of doing the work. Yeah. And everyone can probably imagine a time where they were there, mm-hmm. right? I remember when I was younger and people used to ask me, oh, you had a game? Like, how many points do you have? I'd be like, oh, 16. <laughs> like, yeah. But I had seven. Like, you know what I mean? And I knew that. But this little voice in my head was like, yo, add six more points. Like, just tell them yeah. six more points than what you really had ego mm-hmm. but i wasn't putting in the work to have 16 like they can't look on max press. bro so exactly <laughs> and you're just hoping someone doesn't go fact check you but it seems like uh, even if you have good intentions the little voice of ego can try to tell you to mm-hmm. to uh fabricate sometimes yeah that is interesting huh because we're always comparing you know mm-hmm. and uh if we're going to compare to anyone it should just be ourselves because that's really the only true uh marker that you have the true data that you have to compare to because everyone else that you're trying to compare to you're making assumptions right and that's definitely going to leave you uh feeling deflated and unmotivated because most of the time we think that somebody else's success is higher than what it really was yeah um and again like we've discussed you can't see the process that it took for them to get to where they were and a lot of the times, whatever you're doing, they've done it before. The only difference is they weren't looking around to see what everyone else was doing. They had their head straight and they were taking their steps, marching along, trying to get to their destination. And they didn't stop and start and stop and start. And that's what makes it seem like, wow, they've accomplished so much in such short amount of time. But it's like, no, they didn't quit. Mm, <laughs> they just been working. They did not quit. It, yeah. And you just nailed it. They did not quit. That's all they did. Mm-hmm. They didn't quit. Yeah. It's huge. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do something big, start, don't quit. <laughs> That's your key for the day. Uh, that would be $100. You're welcome. Start, don't quit. I look at people like DJ Khaled. Uh, he's mm-hmm. an example here where he's, he's people, all the people in the industry, when I watch them have interviews, they talk about DJ Khaled was just like this assistant at a studio he's running getting people water and they would just see him doing these little things and he was doing it for so long Mm -hmm. and then he gets his dj opportunity and he works hard and works hard and now on the back end we see dj khaled with a huge mansion and gold sculptures that he shows on his social medias but Mm -hmm. his decades of just not quitting and working hard before that Mm -hmm. and not being at that position of wealth it seems overnight and that's one thing i've noticed as i just watched these whether it's actors in movies or DJs, musicians, all these different people, I'm like, I just wasn't old enough to realize that, or they weren't in the spotlight, so we didn't know that they were working. Mm-hmm. So these are people that just for decades kept going mm-hmm. in the face of adversity, and then they get on a movie and we hear about their name, or they get on a song yeah. and we hear about their name, but we do not see the 20 years that they just didn't quit. Yeah, and then even on top of that, people don't understand how hard it is when you get up to that level to maintain it, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. he's staying there. Like, yeah. he's still relevant. He's still producing music, great music, right? But a lot of people get up, get up, get up. They're gaining popularity, one hit wonder, and drop off, mm-hmm. right? Or they get up, get up, make it to the league, score a few touchdowns, never hear about them again. Yeah. So 
continuing to have that passion and that drive when you've already, quote unquote, accomplished your goal. You know, some people, I want to make it to the league. I want to make it to the league. Well, what about after you make it to the league? Yeah. You want to stay in the league? There's a next goal. Like some people want to be in the Hall of Fame. Some people don't. Some people are confused. Like, why doesn't he go to another team? Doesn't he want a championship? That's not everybody's goal. Mm -hmm. Like, why wouldn't you want to win a championship? Oh, well, you could be on the same team for 10 years and just have the city love you and make millions of dollars. That doesn't sound too awful either, right? One of the best lives (laughs) ever. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know who I'm thinking of when I say that. Sure, hey, but he's on his way. But he's on his way. But this is what's been interesting because I've been thinking about this also. Like, these NBA athletes in general they're making millions of dollars but so many people hate on them mm-hmm. like i i watch uh these comments that they'll put on sports center yeah. and tweets that they'll tweet directly to the player so mean yeah. malicious comments no and matter what here, they do yeah i'm sitting there thinking like you know no one will ever be great without all that chatter beneath them mm-hmm. and that's probably been for thousands of years i'm sure yeah. every noble person that rolled through a town had a whole bunch of people yelling profanities at them and stuff like that unless mm-hmm. it was against the law Mm-hmm. but it's just what's going to happen. Yeah. And you have to be able to prepare yourself for how is it going to feel when all these people are hating on me? Our generation literally made jokes of Ben Simmons like, oh, he's soft. He's like, dude, mental health. And everyone's like, ah, <laughs> stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? How, how can this man openly say that he's having these mental health problems, yeah. but we're going to still attack him just because he's like a goliath figure big giant person that's messed up yeah that part is sad because um it's already hard enough for people to ask for help or be open right Mm. and then um everybody has jokes until somebody commits suicide exactly yeah Mm -hmm. and um i hate even saying the word i know it's triggering but it's real you know we have to be aware of other people and their feelings and emotions and um it's hard for the average person to do for whatever reason. I know we all have so much going on in our own lives and so much going on in our own head mm-hmm. and, you know, hurt people, hurt people. So those folks who haven't even thought about taking the time to work on themselves. Yeah. They're quick and ready to be attacking somebody. Cause it makes them feel good yep. at least for a short period of time. And, um, it's something that's definitely not improving. And, uh, so thanks internet, but <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we'll just have to evolve and get stronger. We have like to the evolve people, and get stronger. yeah, like the people yeah, who are really exactly. trying to do beast mm-hmm. stuff out here are just gonna have to get stronger mentally mm-hmm. and be better at avoiding all that and not chatter. put so much emotion into our screens, right? Mm-hmm. The stuff that we read should not be that meaningful. If someone comes and says it to your face, yeah, be hurt. <laughs> but if somebody sends it to you in a message, you need to shrug that off. For sure. And the way that energy works in person is you'll rarely hear someone say some negative stuff exactly. to you face-to-face. Exactly. Face. Even for me, if I'm officiating a game with a lot of people, like people could scream stuff at me from the crowd. Mm-hmm. But if I'm walking out and I walk past somebody, they're never saying this stuff. And it's right. not because I'm intimidating. It's because... Normal people don't. Well, also though, normal people don't just hate on you one on one. No, people hate on you in a crowd. Like once someone's in a (laughs) exactly crazy people do that. But once a normal person is in a crowd, Uh they feel like they can be Mm, crazy. Mom mentality. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. That's why Mm -hmm. I always just try to not take anything personal because I'm like, this is a human being participating in a crowd, and and they don't know me. They don't. They don't know me. 
They're sure. they're upset about this game. Mm-hmm. Yes, I made a decision that wasn't what they wanted, but yeah. the overall, this doesn't have anything to do with me. No. Except for when the people said they're going to meet you in the parking lot, right? Sure. <laughs> That's a little bit different. And that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> Luckily, I've only had like two people in like a club tournament setting want to fight me. Uh-huh. And to me, it's mind-blowing because I'm yeah. thinking about I'm all like zinned out and, and uh-huh. trying to do this from a spiritual place. And I'm like, why would you want to fight me? But... You got to be prepared for stuff like that. You can't mm-hmm. always, you can't always uh, think that just because you're giving out a positive energy that somebody's not gonna want to harm you. So, right. so sadly, that's the world we live in. Yeah, it's all perception, though. We mm-hmm. know that sometimes our good deeds will be overlooked. Sometimes people won't understand the intention behind it, and um, sometimes they'll reap the benefits of your good deeds and not acknowledge you for it. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you don't continue to be good, right? No, nah, the way I'm rewarded, well, that's God's decision. You know, I try mm-hmm. to tell this to everyone. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to give me a little reward because I know how I'm going to be rewarded by being steadfast and trying to do good deeds. Mm-hmm. You know, very simple. Yeah. And how dare we talk about motivation without talking about God? <laughs> exactly. Because every day, um, I just feel proud to be doing what I do whether it's talking to somebody at the store or uh, changing my baby's diaper. I'm like, I'm doing God's work. People during COVID uh, would always tell me as a nurse in the hospital, like, you're doing God's work. And I almost, I don't even know how to describe the emotion I had towards that at one point because I would hear it a lot and I stopped believing it. I thought it was like people just trying to make me feel better, you know, blowing smoke up the rear. But as time went on, I was like, no, I am doing God's work. And it's not only in this hospital. I do God's work everywhere I go. Man. You know? And that's the biggest motivator that I could have because what's more powerful than God? Mm. And if he's sent me here to do this for you who's listening and the person that lives next to me and the person down the street and every single other person that I interact with, all of a sudden, dang, I'm, I got a lot of power, right? Yeah. I got a lot of power. And you've brought, like, church everywhere you go you know that's kind of how i feel with that is these conversations feel like church yeah taking the church and and, and you can go anywhere and do that and like you're saying it is it's huge motivation for me probably my top motivation whether the person's aware or not that i'm trying to bring like divine principles into our interaction and Mm -hmm. they don't even know how miraculous this is in my life but I know they'll feel it as we interact, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just been huge for me. Yeah, I'm sure you've had experiences where you talk to someone and the way they talk to you, you feel that they need something. And mm-hmm. then it's like, mm, if I listen, I think I might might have what they need. And you're listening and they see that you're interested and they start pouring out more and more, right? And you just say a couple things to them and they're so appreciative and you can see the change in how they carry themselves and how they're talking to you in that moment. and might be a short conversation but as you're leaving you know that you touched a lot yeah i don't think there's been a time where i had to guess like oh i wonder if i like no you feel it when it happens right Mm -hmm. and sometimes you try to do it and it doesn't work and that doesn't feel the best but you keep trying and then the one time that it works it wipes out the other nine that it didn't and that's again why you don't stop you keep trying and you keep going, you keep putting forth the effort and eventually whatever the goal is will come to fruition. But the consistency is key. And that's in all, all context, every yep. single one. Um, and being faithful uh, to God and to myself, because I feel God's within me, 
right? So I treat myself like I'm holy. I don't think I am God, but if he's in me and he's pushing me to do these things and he's motivating me and he put me on this earth, then I have to acknowledge him being here in my presence. And if I can't see him in front of me, I believe he is within me. There you go. And that gives me the power to be confident for myself and my daughter and my wife and be loving towards them and the other people I come into contact with and then also be confident in my business endeavors and uh, be willing to do this with my friend and sit in front of a camera, right? All Mm -hmm. those things that may be terrifying to someone um, I've grown accustomed to because God told me it was what I needed to do. Yeah, and we've talked about this before, but everything you just described to me is true masculinity. You know, when people try to, to say masculinity is something physically aggressive, masculinity is something that is selfish, narcissistic, doesn't listen to others, not empathetic. It's mm. just not true because the true masculinity, like you're saying, is how can I be motivated to protect my family, to protect mm. my assets, to right. gain enough knowledge to know where to place my investments? Yeah. You know, to do yeah. all the work. And it doesn't come with you ever wanting to take something from someone. You're not trying to cheat anyone out of what they have you're only trying to take what's fair and square you and your families and that's real masculinity you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying yeah thank you and i think that you know a lot of people think that masculinity comes with being like the breadwinner of your family but i think that it's simple enough to say that the masculinity in terms of being a father and a husband is just being a leader Mm -hmm. you know yeah and um you can be a leader with your wife bringing in the paper. You can be a leader um, without having all of these assets to your name. You can be a leader and struggle mentally, you know, as long as you're putting in the work with yourself and you try to be genuine in your interactions with other people and know what the goal is at hand and be aware that you have things you need to work on and stay humble in that process and not try to act like you're omniscient and all-knowing, all but at least know what the path is and know what the purpose is and help everyone else to stay on track around you. I think that's still possible. That's uh, very deep, what you just said. You can be a leader and struggle mentally. That's hard for a lot of people, but I think that what it has to happen is you just have to be honest about yeah. how you're feeling. I mean, think about Tom Brady, right? Okay. He's maintained his leadership role. Mm. I would say that in the last couple of years of his career, he was visibly going through something that Tom Brady and the what years five to 10, he wasn't throwing his helmet on the sideline and yelling at his teammates and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was going through something, but he was still leaders. People still relied on him and they still expected him to perform and still trusted him in his role. Yeah. But he was just behaving a little differently. Sure. So I can't really say what work he did to try to fix that or what exactly he was going through. But my point is he was still maintaining that position and doing well enough that people trusted. And that's real because he has experience that no one else has. You go to all those Super Bowls, you can't recreate that and teach it to someone. You have to go experience that. Mm-hmm. So if you have all those high level experiences that not many people have, And then you introduce a new stressor into your life later on. You could struggle with that mentally Mm. for sure. But you still are the only one that had those experiences. So I got to be the leader right now. Mm -hmm. But now I have a new experience that more people have had. Right. 
that's the funny thing is like the experience that he went through is something that now the majority of people go through mm-hmm. but now that's what's more hard yeah you know what i'm saying because right. he's so legendary and I well and then it's interesting for everyone else who's like oh we feel like peasants compared to tom brady right but then you see he's human going through the same thing as everyone else mm-hmm. a very common issue to experience mm-hmm. basically so, working wanting to work more than be there uh for your family i'm not saying he didn't want to be there right. for his family but the idea with the tom yeah. brady thing is that he didn't want to retire and take more time to be with his family he wanted to keep mm-hmm. playing football and that like broke it up and, and that's that's the conclusion that the world has drawn right, right? we don't i'm even sure know through that. his eyes it's I don't want to stop playing football. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not. I don't want to be with my family. Exactly. That's just what it looked like to everyone else. Dude, right? it's like you've mastered this now. Mm-hmm. You, the best person to ever do it. To just stop when you still could. Right. And again, nobody knows his intentions, right? Maybe he's like, man, if I make another $10 million, I can finally make this investment that I wanted. So my kids will definitely be set. Like, right. It could have been something that was selfless. For sure. You know, nobody broadcasts all their thoughts and ideas and goals and intentions to the world, regardless of what kind of stage you're on. Yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm glad on this podcast, we don't always try to like bring up the narrative that would be a tabloid narrative or something, because how do you know? Like you have no idea what Mm -hmm. really is happening in all these different things. A lot of times if it's on a headline, I assume that it's in, and not 100% true anyway, yeah. you know. Um, so I'm assuming, and not assuming, we know, a lot of high-level athletes have someone like you, trainer, someone that they can talk to for motivation, right. someone to help guide them. They all have a person like that in their corner. Have to. Because you have to. Yeah. Exactly. Because things like that happen. Mm-hmm. And the world's against you, and you still have to find it in yourself to train consistently and then be mentally clear enough when it's time to perform also Mm -hmm. and that's not easy to manage on your own and it's it's not necessarily using your coach as a therapist or something but sometimes being able to express what you're going through and relate it to your performance and maybe what you're struggling in that that second pair of eyes being there and in an objective manner is going to allow you to to see what it is you really need to be focusing on whether you need to take a break from the goal and go fix something else or find a different method to work on so you have a better balance of your life, right? Um, I, I definitely take pride in being able to help people explore options and um, not necessarily cut something completely off or make an extreme sacrifice like they may feel like they need to, mm-hmm. you know, because we do have ways to manage our time and manage our priorities differently but if you've been doing something a certain way for so long and it was working for you but all of a sudden it's not it's not easy to take your mind out and rewire what you're doing right you may still continue that process and think like oh well the process has been working maybe i just need to do it longer so it gets back on track but it doesn't always work that way and then to to rewrite your script often takes another editor to be in the room with you. Yeah. Um, That's real. I, I think all of these things that I say on this podcast, it's almost like I'm talking to myself because they're all tips that I use in my life. And somebody listening may think that I've already applied all these things to my life and I haven't figured it out. Sometimes we're figuring it out while we discuss it, right? Yep. But I do certainly make 
uh, effort to apply these things to my life after the fact. But I will admit that the majority of the things that we have discussed up until now are things that I'm already aware of to the point that I do try to um, implement them on a daily basis. And it takes a conscious effort because I won't act like I'm perfect every day about it. Right? Definitely. Um, even like today, I woke up late, but stuff happens and I don't beat myself up about it. I'm just excited to get back on track and fix things up. Definitely. You know, and, and I, what we do here and when I have conversations with students and anyone who values my opinion, I try to let them know I am not one of the people that just had no fear with right. performance, with trying to put myself out there. I'm right. one of those people that had every thought of why I should stop doing that. and then shaking going mm. up to the microphone to give a speech to the audience you mm. know i'm one of those people where you hear it trembling in my voice when i start talking uh in, in a, to an audience yeah you know what i'm saying mm. but i'm down that's mm. the only thing that mm. i've learned through all my 27 years i'm down what's Whatever. the worst that could happen exactly yeah exactly that's why i ask people it's like okay i know it's scary but Think of the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Like I don't think an asteroid is gonna come hit you in the head. Um, <laughs> You'll yeah. be all right. We just gotta start. Exactly. And don't quit. Just keep going. Just keep going. But yeah, I hope everybody just finds it in themselves to be motivated by opportunity. Because opportunity doesn't go anywhere. You mm -hmm. may lose an opportunity, but there's always opportunities in front of you. Yeah. They might might not be the ones that you were expecting or asking for, but sometimes those are the ones that will uh, give you the most potential. And they might have came after some traumatic event where mm -hmm. you feel beaten down and depleted, but that opportunity just started knocking and you got to mm -hmm. be like, oh, I guess I got to get up and go. Mm -hmm. yep, yep, if I yep. lay here, nothing's going to happen. Right. So um, I feel motivated. Mm -hmm. I do. So I hope you do too. That's the whole purpose of this. Uh, spread the love. Share the blessings, because we got so many of them, and I don't know what to do with all of them. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I meant to tell you at the beginning of the episode, but if you're here with us still, then you got to like what you're listening to. So please like this video or audio file. Share it with a friend, someone that you care about a whole lot. Subscribe to our page. If you're listening on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Music, uh, Google Podcasts, go ahead and look at our YouTube and just like and subscribe on there too just because i like to see the youtube numbers personally yeah. but we do appreciate the audio streams for sure so in case and, you weren't and aware we really appreciate the instagram feedback i feel like oh, our yeah. instagram IG. reels like people be vibing with yeah, you know IG's what i'm cool. saying a lot it, of it's people, different so, so check out our reels as well because we chop up some of the moments that we feel like highlight our conversation mm -hmm. and share it on there yep r n letter n b underscore pod on instagram um yeah guys i'm gonna be 27 soon and i feel a monumental change coming my way you may not understand it you may not feel it that's okay i'm gonna show you mm. only a few weeks away so um i'll share my cash app no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um just gonna send out blessings for my 27th that's all that i ask and that you share those blessings i send your way and continue to listen open them ears and like last week, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.